welcome to Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Sharon and the host of this podcast. Guys, I'm super pumped. You've made it. You've arrived. You're here in Insurance Town, and it's a great and exciting episode today. Today, we've got the release of the recording of the town hall meeting from a couple of weeks ago with Dr. Billy Williams. Dr. Billy Williams was fantastic. He dropped some gold nuggets left and right. It was incredible, and I loved it. I know you did, too. If you missed it, check out the recording right now. Stay on here. It's really, really good. This episode was sponsored by Canopy Connect, and uh, they are your one-click solution to getting those deck pages you need to go to prospect. Uh, you'll, You'll hear more from... Tolga on the episode. Also, we had a uh, another drop of another sponsor. I've been teasing you. They've got a couple more sponsors coming up on the show, and I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, we got. Uh, I'm going to announce another one today, and then I'm going to announce another one in a couple of weeks. But Cover Desk, uh, I'm so excited about this partnership. I I'm super pumped because Andy Priestman is doing some big things. Over there at Cover Desk, you'll hear more from him on the episode as well and throughout uh, the rest of my episodes as he's coming on as a sponsor of the show. But if you have any questions at all, uh, we'll get some contact information on the show. Keep listening and uh, check that out. Today, like I said, is the recording of the town hall meeting with my man, Billy Williams. Uh, Dr. Billy Williams is a consultant and a uh, agency investor in a, a lot of different things. And you're going to hear that uh, throughout this episode. You're going to love it. And he's one of the most brilliant guys when it comes to uh, consulting with agencies and what he does, it's so simple and so easy, yet uh, so many agencies just won't do it. And he's going to tell you why you should. I uh, can't wait. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this awesome conversation with my man, Billy Williams. Hi, Roshan. Hello. Hey, uh, Roshan. How are you? Good. Let's. So uh, who is who in the industry is here? I'm honored yeah. to be here. Yeah, it's a who's who today. Caitlin, if you want to get that screenshot going, I'm going to get started here in a few minutes. Say cheese. Nobody said cheese. <laughs> <laughs> what a great group. All right. Yeah, there we I'll go. Send it out. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, Good. I appreciate that. Um, so for those who don't know, uh, Billy Williams, crawl out from under a rock. Um, but, <laughs> you know, uh, Billy is the, the founder and president of Inspire Nation. He's also got the Williams Family Foundation. He's got over 160 agencies or more with a billion dollars in pre- premium written every year. Uh, he's just, he's out killing it and in podcasting he's got his own uh, website he's got so many things going on and i hear him all over the place on other people's podcasts i wanted to bring him in today and i had some excitement as i mentioned you know bringing him in because he's got so much to share whether you're in the insurance industry or like ted Klaus or not in the insurance industry i think you can learn a lot from billy and i want billy to take two or three four five seven however long he wants to it's your damn show today. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, Go back as far as you want to and bring us up. I know uh, you've got a lot to say. uh, So let's uh, talk about who you are just a little bit. You know what's really funny, Heath, is most people, they're not here to hear about me. They're here to hear about what can make them better. So let me start with that first and foremost. I'm not an agent. I'm not a sitting insurance agent anymore. 
left that years ago. I'm now an agency investor, meaning I buy into insurance agencies. I'm not one of the Donnelly's or Berkeley's or Higginbotham's or whatever that's going to come in and buy you and you're going to go away. No, I'm going to come in and I'd say, look, I want 20% of your agency or 25% of your agency. I'll bring in our management team. I'll bring in our processes. I'll bring in, I'll take your technology and make it better. And I'll show you how you can take wherever you are right now and do three, four, five times more more growth. And in your agency growing, my part of the agency increases as well. So if you don't make any more money, I don't make any more money. And I think that's important because there's so many consultants that are out here and so many gurus and so many. And I'm not. I'm not a public speaker. I'm not a consultant. I'm not a guru. I'm just a guy who's figured out that this shit's pretty easy. You know, what we do in insurance is pretty simple and people make it complicated. So let me tell you about my back. I'm a military brat. My dad was military for 35 years. And then I went in the military. I was in for 21 years. I have a PhD in finance, which the military paid for, which is why I stayed in for 21 years, right? To get that free education. And I was commander of Army, Army College recruiting when I retired. So that mean, meant that if there was a recruiter anywhere on a college campus in, in the United States, they worked for me. A sales guy. At the end of the day, let's just be honest about what I am. I'm a sales guy. The difference between sales and service is that sales is a relationship. Service is a transaction. Okay. So we hire these people like CSRs or whatever else, and they can take an order, they can, you know, ring you out of the the express line, but they can't develop a relationship. So what I tried to do was figure out where, where's the real money in this industry and where's the relationship? The money for me was in building the organization. It wasn't in being the sitting agent. That's not my strength. I was a good sitting agent, but I'm a great organization builder because that's what I grew up on. So that's kind of where we are. So my thing was, simplified. In the military, everything is, if you can't explain it in one sentence or less, it's too damn complicated, okay? That's reality. That's the whole goal. If I can't teach you in one sentence or less how to do something, it's too complicated. So my thing was, why are all these complicated things in the insurance industry? Hell, we only sell three pots of money. Money for you and your family, money for others you'll end up owing, and then money to repair or replace what you choose to insure. That's it. We sell three pots of money. How the hell do we make that complicated? Okay. We make it complicated through technology not integrating. We make it complicated because we don't control our people and their processes and their conversations and their workflows. We make it complicated because we just want it to be complicated. So we can say, oh my God, it's so complicated. It's not. We sell three pots of money. That's it. So hopefully you guys are on here today so that I can show you that this is not hard. This is not complicated. If I can invest in 160 plus agencies and 13 or 14 of them are scratch, we went from scratch because there were some areas that we didn't want to buy an agency in. We wanted to build it from the ground up. So if I can manage 160 plus agencies, a little over $1.32 billion, come on, guys, you can run a damn 5, 10, 15, 20 million revenue agency. It's not that hard, but you got to keep stuff simple. And more importantly, you got to practice the four types of discipline, self-discipline, accountability, automation and technology, and outsourcing. If you don't practice those four disciplines, you're not going to grow your agency. So I don't know. It's probably a long-winded explanation. They still don't know who the hell I am. 
basically, I'm just a guy that has figured out a way to make this easy. Yeah, you stole a little bit of my thunder there, bro. I was going to ask you about those four disciplines, if you wanted to talk about those a little bit. And you also talk about, you don't have to go into all of them, but you have uh, got uh, your agencies that you have, you know, when you buy into those, you don't just buy in them and say, you run it how you want to. You you give them some guardrails and you give them, you know, 21 agency tasks or, you know, you talk about your four disciplines. You talk about some of those things. Um, could you, you know, bring up and discuss some of those, you know, simple, as you would say, 21 tasks? Absolutely. Absolutely. So when we buy to an agency, understand, first of all, why does an agency even let us buy in? That's the first thing you have to understand. Because most of these agencies, I'm not buying agencies where the person's ready to retire. I'm buying agencies where the person's ready to grow. And so we'll sit down and we'll talk and I'll say, well, look, here's what we know. Here are the 23 core processes. Here's what you need to do. Here's how you got to manage your people. And usually they're great agents. They just suck at management. Okay. They suck at organization building. And so when they allow me to buy into the agency, I'm taking over their weaknesses. I'm the one, I'm the guy that's doing the training because they don't train. I'm the guy that's holding their people accountable because they don't hold their people accountable. They don't want to fuss at Judy. You know, Judy's got three kids and she's got this. And, you know, well, then Judy needs to do her job really, really well so that Judy can spend more time with her damn kids as opposed to sitting here stressing with you over why you only got 10 sales this week. So when when I come into an agency, I'm coming in as as an as a senior advisor, but also most of the time, as the, I'm, I'm the Guido of the group. You know what I mean? I'm the guy that's not afraid to make the tough call or, or not afraid to bust the chops when the chops need to be busted. So you come on. And Guido was a name, not a, not a race, nationality group. Guido no, was just no. a name. Okay. <laughs> no, you're good. Three of my Italian friends out there. No, I get it. Um, and so you come in, not necessarily drill sergeant style, but you come in and uh, help them manage that. And so for the agencies out here now, uh, if they are sitting around or hovering at the same premium volume they've been at, whether it's a couple of million or, you know, couple, you know, 20, 30, 40 million, what could they do to get to that next step, that next level? First thing is have agency standards. One, one of the biggest problems that I run into in most agencies is they don't have a standard of coverage recommendations, okay? Whether your person is strong, salesperson strong, salesperson's weak, whatever, it doesn't matter. Everyone should be talking from the same standard. So that means if the agency standard for uninsured motors, as an example, is 100, 300, then that is the standard. And any customer that takes something below that, they need to sign a decline coverage form. They're gonna get a confirmation email. And we're probably going to put something in their notes saying we recommend this standard. Now, what that does is that eliminates emotion. The number one problem, if you guys are taking notes, the number one thing that destroys agency growth is unmanaged emotions. Emotions destroys all of that. Now, notice I didn't say mismanaged emotions. I said unmanaged emotions. And I did that specifically. Mismanaged emotions means you come in every day and you kind of got an idea of where you want to go. And, you know, but I I didn't do it real well. Unmanaged is we don't know what the hell we're going to feel like today. We don't know what Judy's going to do. We don't know know what Bob's going to do. We don't know what Dave's going to say. We don't have a clue. So everybody's scared, this unmanaged emotion. So how do you manage emotions? First and foremost, you have to take the thought process out of it. So you have to have 
standard processes that you talk from, standard coverages that you talk from, checklists that you follow, processes that you follow. When I can get people to remove the emotion from what we do as a process, then it's easy. Because why doesn't Judy cross-sell? Because Judy was told no as a child. Her dad told her no. Her friends told her no. And now she's going to get a job that potentially is going to tell her no. So she's not going to be told no again. She's not bringing it up. I don't want to bother the customer. I'm sorry. We have one job. Offer the coverage that best protects our customer's quality of life should they have a claim. If you can't do that, why are you in insurance? So when Judy doesn't cross-sell or Bob doesn't cross-sell or Dave won't mention this weakness or, or Tom won't mention this weakness, most of the time it's because of our emotions because we got some emotion attached to it. Here's the deal, he I never get pushback from customers. All my pushback comes from agents. So when I say, hey guys, we need to make sure that everyone who has below this standard is told. I can tell a hundred customers, they go, oh, thank you. I appreciate it. I might take it. I might not take it, but I appreciate the fact that you tell me. Uh, an agent? Oh, we can't do that. That's going to make Mr. Bob mad. If we tell him that we sold him this broke ass policy, now we're going to go tell him that it's broke. We can't do that. So <laughs> no, I'm with that's you. the problem. I think one of the other things that uh, I hear you talk about that I think is not utilized, at least, you know, the agencies I talk to is, you know, you have these standards. If the, the client doesn't want to meet those standards, you have them sign a declination form. And that's something huge yes. within your agencies. You could still sell the policy, but you're going to have to have them sign a declination form. Talk to me about that a minute and Absolutely. then I'll open up some questions here in a minute. Absolutely. Here's the deal. 30 cents of every dollar that we make with a current customer. Now, again, $1.3 billion business, 30 cents of every dollar that we make with a current customer comes from the decline coverage form. That's how powerful that form is. So if I'm talking to you, Heath, and you, let's say you're broke, you know, you went through a bad financial time and you have to drop down to 5,100 in order to keep the policy. I'm not going to try to twist your arm, but I am going to say, our standard is 100, 300. I'll sell you the 5,100, but I need you to sign this decline coverage form saying this is our standard and this is what you're taking. I'm doing that for three reasons, agents. Number one, because it's not in my customer's best interest to sell them 5,100, but that's what they want. I got it. Number two, I don't ever want another agent to be able to say something to my customer that I didn't say to my customer. When a customer leaves me or leaves one of our agencies, it's because they just wanted to leave. It's not because they didn't get great service. It's not because somehow the agent out-educated them. The agent told them something that we didn't tell them, right? So that's never going to happen. And the number three thing is I need everyone talking from the same standard. In the military, the reason why we're able to take 17, 18, 19-year-old snotty-nosed kids from all over the United States and make them into the best fighting force in the world is because we go through basic training. And basic training gives us all the standards. I don't give a damn if you're from Queens, New York. I don't care if you're from Iowa. I don't care if you're from LA. I don't care if you're from Nebraska. I don't care where you're from. We all graduate after that 12 weeks understanding the same standard, but we don't do that in insurance. Does that make sense? I, I'm with you. I, I wanted to stop a few minutes and give uh, anybody else that wants to unmute and ask a question of my man, Billy, if there's something in your agency you want to talk to him about, I'm sure there's not a question he hadn't heard yet. And if you stump him, it might be kind of fun to have that recording right now. Hey, uh, let's do it. Let's do it. Anybody want to unmute and ask a question? I know Mitch always wants to talk. Well, duh. Um, 
I kind of put a comment there in the section, but I mean, you talk about the, you know, work environment and the emotions and stuff as just an agent producer for those others in the office. How, how do you as an agent help? You know, is it sometimes it just bothers me, the vibe, you know, it gets real low and it just, you know, I shut my door because I don't want to maybe hear some things or whatnot, but you know, how, how would somebody deal with the emotions of others for not letting them affect their work? place of their work environment. Again, it all boils down to a standard. Let's keep it really, really, really simple. If everyone is talking from the same standard, if everyone has the same standard of coverage, the same standard of activity, the same standard of action, and that's not to say that everybody's job is the same. It just means we all understand our standard within that role. Now, the only emotion is in dealing with the customer. So I can put more emotion into Mrs. Jenkins and her cat's and the fact that this happened and her nephew is now in town and I can put emotion into that because I'm, I'm not putting emotion into them pushing a button, but we put emotion into pushing a button. You see what I'm saying? So if you're dealing with your staff and your people are emotional, I can promise you it's because number one, your system is broken. Seriously. I know it is. <laughs> okay. Your system is broken. And by system, I mean your technology and all that. I teach this method called S. 4TS, okay? S4TS. That's what everything in our in our business is based on. Get the first S paper is, ready. We have a standard for everything. Then there are four T's: task, tools, right? Technology, training, and spot checking. So that means I'm gonna have a standard. I'm gonna know what task, those 23 core tasks that we're gonna do, and I'm gonna have a standard for each of those. I'm gonna know the technology and how it integrates. You know, Roushan is on, and, and I've been around with Roushan almost since Insured Mind started. He'll, he'll tell you that. Roushan and I have these 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night phone calls where I'm asking questions and he's asking me questions and we're doing whatever. And one of the things that they've really worked on is making the integration work so that I don't have to go to six different systems to do six different things. But some agencies choose easy over effective, Okay. So the staff will say, well, this is much easier to do this, but it's not effective as an agency, but it's easier to go over here, but it's not effective as an agency. So one of the things that we really run into when it comes to technology is you got all these random damn pieces of, of technology that don't talk to each other. They don't communicate. So if I'm trying to set up a drip email program and then set up a drip text message program and then set up some other type of system over here. I got to go to three different systems to do it. I've seen agencies, literally, literally guys, where I'm trying to send a confirmation email, which should, should be as simple as, okay, here's your coverage. Here's your this. Let's send a template and we're done. And I've seen agencies have to use four different pieces of tools or four pieces of technology to send a confirmation email. One confirmation email. Oh, yeah, we don't send it through our agency management system. We go over to blank, blank, blank. And then we take that and copy it and take it over to blank, blank, blank. And then we go to Outlook and we attach it. And it's like, damn, can't you just send? Can't you click one button and just send an email? No, we don't have that set up. And unfortunately, especially that if they use technology outside of our industry. HubSpot was not built for the insurance industry. So why are you using it? So they anyway, don't have an option. Don't get me started, my man. 
Well, no, you're good. And unfortunately, that's a problem that a lot of people have with their tech stack or whatever they're they're using in their agencies, as I've seen a lot of heads shaking, as you were saying that. Uh, also, you mentioned something a, a few minutes ago that I wanted you to talk about for a minute, because we have a lot of agency people on here as well. And even if you're not an agency, you know, Ted Clouser said he was getting a lot out of this and he's not in our business. If he's still on here, where's he at? Is he still? Well, he well Ted, also, just to let you know, Ted, you know, I Ted's own still- a lot of other stuff outside of insurance. I own the Miss Latina Texas pageant. I own some chatbot companies. I own some other investment companies. So I own, I own some real estate stuff. So everything is not just insurance. I, I just try to the, make insurance plan yeah, with everything. Absolutely. Yeah, you definitely do. Now, one of the things that, you know, as I was getting into is the spot checking. I think that works everywhere. You mentioned that as part of, can you get into spot checking just for a minute? And then I'll open up for someone else to ask questions too. I think spot checking absolutely. Spot checking is nothing more than making sure that people are meeting the standards. So let me give you an example of a spot check. Let's say we're doing the endorsement process, right? And on the endorsement process, I have very specific steps. Number one, look up by mobile number, not by not by last name. Look up by mobile number because I want everyone to know that we have the right mobile number. Two, get permission to text message. Three, verify that whatever it is they want to do. And then make sure that I pointed out any policy weaknesses, meaning something below our standard. Number four, send a confirmation email. If it's a major coverage they decline, send a decline coverage form. Easy, right? So I have to spot check that. Spot checking is not me calling Judy saying, hey, Judy, did you do this? No, spot checking is eight o'clock in the morning before anyone's in the office. I'm going to pull an activity report of what happened yesterday. I'm going to go in and look at three or four different activities I'm going to say, okay, this was an endorsement. That was an endorsement. That was an endorsement. And then I'm going to go through and say, did they match? Did they meet my standards? Number one, did they look up by mobile number? I'm going to look. Is there a number inside the mobile field? Okay, good. Number two, did they make sure I have permission to text message? So I'm going to go in and look at my system and wherever my text message permission box, is that checked? Is that, If that's not checked, and that means you didn't follow my process, or I should see a note that said, they didn't give us permission to text message. Number three, I'm looking for a policy weakness. I know my standards. So if my standard is 100, 300 for this, if it's a replacement cost for home, if it's, you know, 1 million, 1 million or 2 million aggregate for a BOP or whatever my standard is, all I got to do is go and look at the policy. If the customer's policy does not match my standard, then I need to see a note a confirmation email or decline coverage form that said you said something. I can't just see a standard. It's not met. And there's no confirmation that you ever had that conversation. No, that's not going to work. And so then I'll go in and look for that. Now, the key is what happens if you don't match my standards? See, this is where most agents have a problem. There's no sense of repercussion. There's nothing. You have nothing. You're just pissed off. Now you're yelling at them. They're yelling at you. There's nothing. I use enhanced pay. Enhanced pay says your base pay is $15 an hour, but I'm going to pay you $3 more than that just from the chunk. So you're now making $18 an hour, but $3 of that is variable. So if I do these spot checks and you fall below 80% in my spot checks, your next paycheck, that $3 that I gave you is now gone. It's gone. You can earn it back on the next paycheck, but that $3 is gone. Now you tell your husband, your wife, your significant other why your paycheck is $400 lighter because you didn't want to send a damn email. You explain that. That's strong, bro. (laughs) That's strong. See, that's part of the problem. Agents don't have a repercussion because there is no repercussion. Then the only repercussion you have is to fuss, yell, scream, or fire. See, I have a repercussion. There you go. 
Anybody else uh, want to jump in here and ask some questions? Billy, you 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 went away there for a second on the camera. I don't know if uh, what happened there, but there you go. Oh yeah, no problem. Uh, anybody else uh, want to ask a question? I'm surprised that some of you haven't yet, but uh, go ahead. It's because I haven't showed up. I talk a lot. Caitlin interviewed me. She knows I talk all the damn time. It's a, a great episode, Billy. I called it tough love. <laughs> so he there calls it busting chops. And I, <laughs> um, <laughs> Billy, I, I just wanted to piggyback off of what you're saying because we've experienced that in our own agency where we've had situations where we've had really talented sales managers, leaders, directors who were um, really gifted and totally engaged and all in yet still struggled to hold their teams accountable. Mm -hmm. And we found that if we put the rails in place, it kind of like prevents them from having that guilty feeling where they're, they're second guessing their judgment. So if you can line out like what's the job description, what are the KPIs, um, what are the steps we're going to take if these are missed the first time, the second time, the third time within a 30 day period of time or 90 day period of time? It takes that guesswork out so that that person doesn't have to feel like, oh, well, maybe I'm not giving enough grace. Maybe if I just gave them two more months to figure out their outbound dials, for example, or their bundling. I think bundling is a big one where some associates just really struggle to review that car and that home together. It it empowers them to make it to that next level of leadership because they have to get that accountability piece down or it's going to hold them back for, for a long time, even if they are really gifted and talented. Um, you know, and in my opinion, this is just my opinion. I've, I've heard this word accountability thrown around in the insurance industry since I've been in it, 17 years now. Accountability, accountability, accountability. But what I don't hear is repercussion, okay? Accountability without repercussion is nothing but a wish. Please remember that accountability without repercussion is nothing but a wish. You're hoping that the person will do what you want them to do. And if they don't, then you're going to hope even harder. Okay. That's not going to work. And I'm not saying that you got to be ready to fire people. You got to be ready to do this. I'm saying there should be a repercussion, whether that's one of the big, biggest repercussions we use. If you miss your KPIs, you now have to train the entire team on your KPIs. <laughs> Okay. Trust me, people are, I don't know why, but people are terrified to train. And so I'm saying, well, Judy, your, your KPI was you needed to make a hundred phone calls using our power dialer, you know, and you needed to use this script and you needed to handle this many objections. And I checked all that. I listened to your calls and you didn't do it. So now next Tuesday, you're going to train everybody on how to do it. What that does is it makes Judy have to go prepare. The best way to learn something is to teach it, okay? That's how the military works. The best way to learn something is to teach it. So if you don't, if you can't teach it, you don't know. It. And when you do prepare to teach it, it makes you learn it better, it makes you go deeper into the learning. So that's one of our repercussions is if you miss your KPIs, you now have to teach the entire office your KPIs. I've had people quit rather than teach their own KPIs. Sure. I have a question for you, Billy. Uh-huh. You mentioned something earlier that I I thought was pretty eye-opening. You said, tell me if I got this right. You said sales is a relationship and service is a transaction. Did I get that right? Yes. Yes. I, I think it's pretty common to to hear agents say it the other way around. Am I right, guys? Do you guys know anybody that would say sales is the transaction and service is the relationship? You're hundred percent correct. I mean, I've heard that a million times. So can you no. tell us a little bit more about that, Billy, and like what happens yeah. if you flip it and get it backwards? Absolutely. Here's why. What is a salesperson, a true salesperson, what do they do? 
they're going to offer you something that they feel like will make your life better. Okay. That's a relationship. That's I'm, I'm going deeper than just numbers and deeper than just pushing buttons and deeper than, than this. I'm actually taking you and saying, I think I have something that will make your life better. That is a relationship. Transactions are just simple buttons. You know, a transaction is when I go to Kroger to buy bread. I live in Texas, so we have Kroger, Safeway, wherever you guys go. I don't have a relationship with a cashier, okay? I might ask, hey, how's your day? But I don't have a relationship with a cashier, and I've yet to have a cashier tell me, you know, looking at you, I think you should go with Wonder Bread versus home style bread. You know, I don't I don't get that from a cashier. They're like bread, cheese, milk, butter, ring that'll be $4.67. Have a great day. They let me decide what is best, right? Whereas a true salesperson, a true consultant, I'm going to take you and go, I think you're actually better off if you do this. So that's why I say sales is a relationship. Service is a transaction. So that's why your your, ser- your service people don't want to upsell. They just want to transact. They don't want to make somebody's life better. They don't want to change the dynamics of the relationship. They just want to do the transaction. And that's the end of it. That's what I find. It's a good, that's, that's a good uh, way of looking at that. And I uh, appreciate that. Um, and thanks for the question, Caitlin. I appreciate that as well. Any yeah, anybody well, else? Who? Okay, go ahead, babe. I mean, Stacy. Um, <laughs> Billy, we have a lot of agencies that have maybe a principal and two account managers. Mm-hmm. And as you're saying, the account managers they don't want to move forward and doing any kind of sales. They just want to do the transactions. But in agencies that size, they have to help sell. So how can you encourage them? To not to move from the transaction want to the service want to the relationship want so that you can fully round out your agency and know that anytime anybody calls that one of your employees can handle that. Super simple. It was a simple question and it's a very simple solution. Everyone should talk from the same standard. See, if let's say uninsured motorists in your agency, 100, 300, right? I don't need to have a relationship with you to say, our agency standard is 100, 300, and you have 5,100. My boss says, if you go below our standard, I have to do these two things. I have to send you a confirmation email, and I have to have you sign a decline coverage form. Now, in their mind, they're still doing a transaction because it's just steps. But because of the way the process was designed, it becomes a relationship process. See, part of the problem is agents try to get staff to buy in. I don't need you to buy in. I just need you to do what I need you to do. So if you believe in what you're doing, great. But if you don't believe in it and you do it, that's all I need from you. Okay. And again, that goes back to my military training. When When I, and I did 21 years in the military, I didn't always buy in to everything that they they said. When I'm getting shipped off to Panama and people are shooting at me, I'm not buying into that shit, okay? I'm not, but I better do what I'm supposed to do or else I'm gonna end up dead and get other people around me dead. Part of the problem with agents is you want everybody to sing Kumbaya. You want, you want there to be the, the brotherly love and you know make our agency great again and do all this other kind of crap. I don't need all that. Okay. I don't need all that. What I need you to do are do the things that I'm asking you to do. I've built the relationship into the process. I just need you to work 
the process. So you're giving them that comfortable spot in which to work as long as they follow the process. As long as they follow the process, the relationship is built into the process. So if you come to me and you've got a home and you've got an auto, but you don't have an umbrella and my process says, my agency says, our standard is if you've got home and you got umbrella, you got auto, I have to mention umbrella. And if you turn down umbrella, I have to have you sign a, a decline coverage form. So the service person mentality, that's still a transaction because I didn't have to think about it. I didn't have to get emotionally involved. I just had to do the transaction. To the salesperson, I am now in the relationship part of this. But to me as the agency owner, it's the same process. I don't care who did it. It's the same highway. You just took different on-ramps to get on the exact same highway. So your easy solution is, build a damn standard in these agencies and make everybody work from those standards. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Yeah. Thank you so much for uh, taking that question, for answering that. And uh, that was awesome. Uh, Ryan, you've unmuted. You wanted to say something. I know you're dying to. Yeah. So, um, and, and I will say, I'm, I appreciate you taking the time to kind of go over this. These are all things that are obviously very important to a lot of agencies. Um, we are a newer agency, so I think we're 15 months in total. So um, with that being said, we have honestly, we've actually kind of accidentally done a lot of the things you said, right? And I say accidentally because I didn't do, we didn't always put the processes on paper and create the menu, so to speak. Um, mm. As you can imagine, being a brand new agency from scratch, we are very sales minded and mm. we have been blessed to have two people here kind of driving towards the same goal and our vision has been very clear and that hasn't really been a problem. We're obviously getting into renewals and service and people are wrecking cars and buying cars and buying investment properties. So sales kind of becomes an extension of your service and that kind of stuff has come natural as well, but we don't have the smoothest processes, that same menu that you're kind of talking about. This is mm -hmm. what we do. Bang, bang, bang. Here's the process. My question to you is I could imagine if you were investing in our agency, you bring your team of rock stars in here and say, here's the user's manual. Don't screw this up. I've been working on it for several years. But if you are giving me or another guy like me advice, and this is a selfish question, um, like what's that balance, right? So I still have to sell and service. I don't have the luxury of sitting behind my desk and just being a CEO. Like what's that balance of like 30% of your time, you know, versus how much of your time that you're working on your business, on your processes and working in your business. Like what, what advice would you give there? I guess you would say. Again, very simple question. So I'm gonna give you a very simple solution. You as an agency leader, it takes four hours a day for you to make your agency into a rock star. For a service person, it takes two hours a day for them to make your agency into a rock star. I know you're, but they work eight hours a day. So let me explain why. Every person has four major tasks that cover their salary. Let's be honest. I don't, I know you say, oh, I do 30 different things. Yeah, but there are really only four things you do that cover your salary. So all I have to do is time block the four things that you do that cover your salary. So Ryan, that means for you as a new agent, you're going to have an hour in the morning for spot checking before the rest of the staff gets in there so that you can keep a grip of what is actually going on in your agency. Okay. That's one hour. The next hour for you is going to be sales. And for your sales as the agency owner, your job is to go out and find the biggest damn accounts that you can. 
Your job is not to chase renters' policies. Your job is not to go after homeowners' policies. Your job is to go after the big ticket items. And you're going to set aside an hour for that and go after the biggest customers that you can. You're going to call them, email them, phone them, do whatever you got to do, right? That's two hours. In the afternoon, you've got another two hours where you're going to spot check the service to make sure that everything is going the way that you want it to. That's when you spot check your endorsement process, spot check your claims process, spot check all those other things, right? And then the next, the last hour is training because you're going to train your people to do all the things that you need them to do. Now that's four hours of your day, which means the other eight, because you're, you know, you're a business owner, so you're working 12 hour days, right? That means the other eight hours day, eight hours is spent putting out fires, dealing with whatever issues you have, dealing with whatever. But if you don't take the time to create wealth, all of your time is spent fighting off poverty. Okay. If you need to write that down, write that down. If you don't make, let's not say take, let's say make. If you don't make the time to create wealth, then all of your time is spent fighting off poverty. So I just gave you your four hours of wealth making time, okay? One is gonna be spot checking and you're gonna spot check your salespeople, so your sales team, all those, those things. One is gonna be you building relationships or going after your sales. One is gonna be you spot checking your service to make sure that people are cross-selling, they are sticking to the standards, they are doing those other things. And then the other hour is you training. You getting them where you need them to be. And then you let the other eight hours take care of themselves. Now for your staff, that's different because they're not spot checking. So that means they, they have two hours. One hour in the morning is dedicated to them doing whatever their primary task is, whether that's sales. So that's one hour of un, I mean, unencumbered, non, no disruption sales right? I'm calling, I'm, I'm using pets, P-E-T-S, phone, email, text message, social networking. So I'm calling people, I'm emailing people, I'm sending them a text message, I'm reaching out to them using social networking. That's how Heat and I connected. We connected through LinkedIn, right? So that's what I'm doing. Now, the second hour of that day is whatever the second primary KPI is that I'm supposed to do, whether that's outbound calling, whether that's finishing up these applications, whether that's setting up business referral partners, whatever the second main KPI that covers my salary is, that's what I'm doing. And I'm doing that two hours every single day. That means I've got six hours to catch up on all the fires, to put out the bull crap, to do whatever. And then once a week, I'm with you, Ryan, because you're training us. So that's why I said, trust me, it only takes four hours a day for you to make your agency into a rock star agency. And for your team, it only takes two hours a day because the other hours are not spent being making you into a rock star. The other hours are spent just maintaining your agency. But without those four hours, you're not setting aside the time to create wealth. You're just running on the hamster wheel. Did that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. And then, and I appreciate the simplistic answer too, just because I, I think that's, I think that trap and I, I, I might be, you know, completely by myself. I know, you know, DJs, everybody's idle and, you know, some of these people got it really figured out. Um, but I mean, I think it's so easy to fall into that trap that I'm going to survive this nine, 10 hour day and just survive it and not focus on thriving or creating wealth whatsoever. Um, and there's always one more policy to sell. There's always one more something to do than carving out that hour to write your processes down. Um, I think it's easy 
but that's an accountability issue, obviously. Well, 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 Ryan, do you have children? I do. Okay. How old is your baby or babies? Four. I got a four. four. So let's say you're at work and there's a customer sitting there and they've got four RVs. They've got two rental houses. They've got all these other things sitting right there. And they're like, I'm ready to do this right today. Let's write the policy. And all of a sudden you get a call that says your baby fell at daycare and broke broke his or her arm. What do you do? I grab them a bottle of water. Appreciate them for coming and escort them out politely. <laughs> and you hand them off to one of your other team. They'll, they'll take your paperwork, they'll do whatever. I'm going to go check on my child, mm-hmm. right? Because that's my priority. See, that's how agents don't treat their money-making time, okay? They don't treat money-making time like that. They let everything in the world interfere with money-making time. So I've got an hour blocked off for you to call 10 of the biggest companies in your area. But all of a sudden, Mr. Jenkins walks in. Hey, Ryan, how are you? Oh, hey, how are you? Man, my nephew's in town and he got, there goes 20 minutes. Instead of Ryan saying, well, you know what, Mr. Jenkins, I'm actually in a meeting. I'm going into a meeting right now. But after this hour, I'll be more than happy to call you back. But right now I've really got to get to this meeting. We don't do that. We let everything else in the world interfere with our money making time. Roush and I tell you, he's still on. And I think I've talked to Andy about this before. Nothing interferes with my money making time. Nothing. Okay. So if you, this time right here that I have blocked off with Heath, this is an appointment. Heath will tell you, this wasn't just a, Hey, Billy, what are you doing? What I was like, Heath, go to my calendar. Here are the times that I have blocked off that I can actually sit down and talk with you. Block off that time. Now, right? Billy, you're, you're killing me here. I tell everybody you're my best friend and that we talk every day and now you're making it sound like it. I'm just kidding. That was for DJ. You know what though? That was for he, DJ. Even my kids, even my, you know what? Every, every Sunday we sit down as a family and I go, guys, if there's something that you need me to do this week, put it in the family calendar because if it's not in the family calendar and Wednesday comes and it's not an emergency, you won't see daddy. It, it's intentional. It, it's being intentional with your time. And absolutely. my wife and I, who's on this, we have a shared calendar that we have to look at on our own stuff like that when she's got her own meetings and I've got mine and things like that. So I, I think that's a good thing to hear on this. Uh, I appreciate uh, appreciate that response as well. I think uh, you said, Andy, Andy, I think you had a question you wanted to ask. Uh, I'm going to call you out if you want to unmute. Yeah, not even necessarily a, a question. Billy, good stuff, man. You're always bringing it. Um, really, Ryan, for you or anyone here, I actually, and this is more a dedicated topic, but I have a marketing 101 deck. It's a 60-page presentation I put together at my old agency. If you need any help with your marketing strategy specific for you or your agency partners or your you know producers, let me know. I have this really slick, uh, dedicated marketing one-on-one strategy that lays out your activity-based uh, solutions and the strategies you should implement to make sure you're getting good leads in the door. Um, now I know that wasn't specifically what you were talking about, Ryan and Billy, but you know, kind of a one-off scenario. And you're going you're on. a sales guy. This I mean, see, this is what I'm talking about right here. Andy is not a he's not a um, uh, transactional guy. So he takes this opportunity to say, I've got something that can make your life better. I've got something that can make your life easier. He didn't come on and say, Hey, you know, I got some stuff and, uh, you know, let me know. He's, he's telling me why it's going to make our life better. That's the difference between a relationship and a transaction. Right. So I didn't mean to cut you off. But I just wanted to bring that up. Cause that's exactly what I'm talking about. You're a sales guy. You're not a transaction guy. Precisely. And it, it really what I, when I was operating my agency, it was all about activity. If you're going to do the activity, eventually it's going to turn into results mm-hmm. like, and you can control your activity. 
So when you lay out your strategy, whatever we're talking about, just put in the activity and make sure it's consistent and persistently doing those consistent items and you're gonna, it's gonna work. So I'll send you that uh, packet, it'll help tremendously. And it'll actually help with your goals too and setting your goals because if you can work backwards and say, I wanna make this you know, amount of uh, money in a given year, you can work on how much premium you need to write in a given month which breaks down how many leads you need to generate in order to get to that premium. If you have a 50% close ratio, which is actually pretty low, you're going to be able to equate to how many leads you need to hit your mark. So uh, this will all break it down for you. And Andy, if you'll type your email address in the chat, that way Ryan or anybody else that wants that uh, can do that for you. Um, and so that's awesome. And it looks like uh, Ryan, Ryan England wants that as well. Uh, I, again, thank you, Andy, for joining us. And thank you. For- yeah, and that's that's great that he's giving that away, guys, because I don't give away shit. So uh, <laughs> I'm really glad that he's he's. I, we have all that, but I'm not giving it to you. You got to be a member of our organization for us to give you that. I'll give you my time on this conversation, but I'm not giving you my stuff. So cheers to that. I man. appreciate that he's willing to do that. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, anybody else have any other questions anybody else have anything else as we're you know we're gonna wrap up in the next 10 15 minutes um, anybody else I saw something I mean this goes back to Billy let's be real quick Billy's more of a statement than a question mm-hmm. but Billy was talking about his kids putting them in, kids into the calendar hey if you got something in the calendar make sure you put it in there I just love that and I know my kids are set one six and one's two but as they get older it kind of teaches in that responsibility and then also that professional mindset i mean you have to you have to it's amazing like that's that's a really cool and for me as a young father it's nice to be able to well i have five kids here's what you gotta understand mitch i have five kids i'm one of six okay Okay. and i'm an only child so you know how that goes but i have five kids and all my kids are very active uh my my uh oldest son is as i mean god he was just so super talented and was always busy doing stuff with art and busy doing stuff with music and busy doing stuff with that my second daughter she won a national championship in um in um dance yeah in dance so she won a national championship so she was always busy my oldest or my youngest son of the second i have two groups i have the two older one then i have the younger younger three my oldest one, he's at USC right now. He's uh, studying finance and mathematics at University of Southern California. And he was student body president. He was captain of the golf team. He was, you know, National Honor Society. He was all this other stuff. And then you have my um, my 17-year-old who's really into music. She did America's Got Talent. She's, you know, all that, I mean, really, really into that. And then my youngest, who I'm down here with a powerlifting, she's actually competing in the state powerlifting championships right now, which is why I'm in Corpus Christi, Texas. So imagine five kids, a hundred and something partners, plus I play golf, plus I'm married, plus I have a personal life without a calendar. Dude, I'm in, I'm living in chaos, chaos. It's, so the only chaos. way that I could organize all that is to, to be able to look and say, I've got all these people doing all these things on these days. And I make sure that they put that first. Now, first thing is on the calendar. My family goes on the, on my calendar first, not my job. My family goes on my calendar first. And then after my family is on the calendar, then I build my job around my family. That's how I keep balance. That's how I keep balance. What about like, say, I know you get the example of the, you know, your daughter's arm broke or something like that. What's, what's your step? Are you leaving? You got team members to help. What about like, say you have a meeting, you set up a meeting with John Smith business wise Mm -hmm. on Friday, based off your daughter's dance recital, whatever he now performs during that time. You're, you're, you're re, 
rescheduling that meeting with their business partner. Is, well, is hopefully kind of my daughter's dance recital did not get canceled, you know, and it won't interfere with that because I didn't schedule the business meeting before I scheduled the recital. I, I scheduled the recital first and then scheduled the business meeting around when the recital came. But if something were to happen, life is never perfect. If something were to happen, I always have a backup plan. So that means either I'm going to miss my daughter's recital, which I don't want to, but sometimes you might have to, or either that phone call that I, or that face-to-face -face that I was going to have now becomes a phone call. Makes sense. Okay. Hey, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to call you while I'm on my way to my daughter's recital because something happened, but let's go ahead and do that right now. Makes that's, sense. Thank you. Again, that's solid going back to that, that calendar and, and making smart usage of that calendar and organizing your kids. That's fantastic. DJ, I did want to call you out. I know you've got some questions. You've been unmuting yourself every time I give opportunity you got to get quicker, bro. Uh, go ahead, DJ. Hey, appreciate he. Can y'all hear me? Yes, sir. Okay, we'll make sure. So, Ryan, um, I appreciate the compliment. I'll pay you later. But I want to chime in and let you know that actually uh, Dr. Billy Williams is who I learned a lot of this stuff from uh, early on in my career. I was a member of his uh, Inspire Nation, and um, I, won't, I won't fool you into believing that I implemented it all, but I took what I liked and I used it. But the biggest thing that you taught and, and we implemented, um, Dr. Williams, is the processes. So um, I, I just wanted to say thanks for that. Obviously, we were members and we were paying for it, but there's a lot of value in what he shares, uh, even right now. Well, thank you. But if you want to really do a deep dive into what he's talking about and get better um, and create a very valuable agency with a great culture uh, that is stress-free, he's your man. Trust me. Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Guys, one of the things I want to say real quick, because I know we're running short of time and I, I don't want this to become a sales pitch or anything like that. I, I really want you to understand this is not complicated. What we do is not complicated. We only sell three buckets of money, money for you and your family or employees. If you're commercial money for others, you'll end up owing and money to repair or replace what you choose to insure. And it doesn't matter what that policy is, okay? I have people trying to challenge me all the time. Goes, no, 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 insurance is way more complicated than that. No, it's not. So if I'm writing a skyscraper, if I'm writing a 50-story uh, uh, skyscraper, it's still those three pots of money. The policies that I write most right now, because I'm still licensed in all 50 states and I do write some policies, but I only right now my specialty is airports right? Corporate and commuter airports. I literally have to get together six different carriers, seven different carriers to put together an airport deal. Now, the premium on those things is why I spend my time writing airports. Anyone that's ever written a commuter airport, you know the premium is ridiculous. The revenue is ridiculous, right? Which is why I spend my time there. But when I'm putting together you know, I got Marsh and I got AIG and I got Willis Group and I got all these other, you know, people that are, all these carriers that I'm putting together. At the end of the day, I'm still selling three pots of money, money for you and your employees. So the pilots, if something were to happen to them, if the staff, something were to happen to them, if a workers comp claim, something were to happen or health insurance, something were to happen. So money for you and your employees money for others you'll end up owing, whether it's a liability claim, whether it's some, some vendor I have to pay, whether it's some repair I got to do, or money to repair or replace what you choose to insure. Whether the runway goes bad, whether the plane wheel blows out, whether the food service tray gets messed up, it doesn't matter. Don't make this complicated. We sell three buckets of money. Money for you and your family, 
or employees, if you're commercial, money for others you'll end up owing and then money to repay or replace what we choose to insure. When you can make it that simple for a customer, you're going to sell a hell of a lot more policies, pure and simple. I love how you break that down and make that so simple. And, you know, you make everything seem so simple. And I think, you know, if anybody can hear, like what you said earlier, it comes down to those processes that you put in and it comes to those things as DJ brought up. And once you can get those things going, and I'm trying to do that in my own life is, you know, I'm reading a book, Atomic Habits right now, trying to change my habits and what I'm doing. And uh, as we're wrapping up, I do, uh, I do want to throw out two quick things um, before we wrap up and maybe give somebody else to ask a question. But if Togo will to unmute for just a second, um, as y'all know, if you listen to my show, Togo is one of my sponsors. I want to give him five seconds to say hi. If you want to throw your email in the chat, um, if you're not familiar with Canopy Connect, that's my guy. He makes things so easy. Okay, Togo, you want to say hi a minute? Yeah. Hey, hey everybody. I definitely uh, met, hey, met a bunch of you already, seeing, seeing some familiar faces. And and the rest of you have seen you on Facebook and stuff. So, yeah, definitely uh, seeing some familiar faces here. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm Togo, um, uh, founder and CEO of Canopy Connect. Uh, Dr. Williams, um, th that was fascinating. Uh, th thanks for laying all that out. Um, I love how you, you know, uh, you kind of break everything down into like, uh, you know, really kind of understanding the fundamentals of what's going on. I think that applies not only to insurance, but to, to every business. Uh, for, for us, we're not an insurance company, but we work with insurance agencies. And so definitely gets the wheels spinning on, uh, on things that, that we can implement here too. But yeah, what, I mean, what we do for, in case, uh, for those, for those who, uh, who don't already know, we, uh, we built a, a one-click solution that allows a, an insured to instantly and securely share a copy of their insurance information with an agency. Um, and uh, I, I'm not I'm not here to like sell it very much or anything. So just if you want to learn more about us, definitely shoot me an email or check us out. Uh, yeah, definitely. Canopy.com. My email is Tolga. Didn't you start Agency Zoom? No, no. I'm an, I'm the other Tolga. The other Different Tolga. Yeah. He does. You know, Canopy Connects is a phenomenal product. And uh, I wanted to give him a shout out because everybody that signed up through my show just loves it. He does make things easier. I wanted to give one other quick shout out to a guy that joined a little bit later with Andy Priestman over at CoverDesk. Uh, you'll hear in, in the future, we got, you know, he just signed up to support Andy. If you just want to say hi for a minute. Hey, everyone. Hey, nice Andy. to meet. How's it going, Caitlin? Good to see you. Good to see everyone. I'm excited to, uh, you know, have CoverDesk is now a sponsor of uh, Insurance Town. So Ooh. looking forward to getting to know everyone. And um, yeah, so I'm an agent as well. I've been an agent for God knows how many years. So um, love to connect with everyone and just talk shop really at any time. So thanks, Heath. Yeah, dude, I just definitely want to do that. And then, uh, you know, if anybody else has any questions uh, or if Stacy, if you want to say anything about PIA at all, my lovely bride, Stacy, you know, uh, if you want to say anything, if not, Anybody else have any questions? No, one, one thing I do want to bring up, if you guys want to know more about my program, just go to inspiringnation.org. I put it in the chat box. But also, I've written a, a book called Don't Let Your Ice Cream Get Messy. And ice cream is an acronym, like income and money, covering your weakness, ego, emotion, expectation. And I, I've got a free handout. I said I don't give out anything free, but I do give this out free. Uh, go to icecreamlessons.com, icecreamlessons.com and print out that handout and just, it, it's called lessons business owners usually learn the hard way. So the whole topic is, the whole title is ice cream lessons. 
lessons business owners usually learn the hard way. And so that's a free handout that I, I've written out for you guys. Always selling, bro. I appreciate that. Um, Stacy, do you want to say anything about PA at all? Nope. Okay. Anybody else have any questions or anything before we wrap up? I appreciate everybody joining. I do have a book called How to Build a $10 Million Agency in Five Years. So that book is out. But, you know, I don't want to make this a promotional thing. Uh, he you're not. Brought me on I, because you're he not. Wanted I am. Me- no, but why is it a promotional thing? I want it. Well, he, he wanted, he, uh, yeah, just go to my site, inspirenation.org, and I have written a book called How to Build a $10 Million Agency in Five Years or Less. But the main thing I wanted to do today was just have you guys know it's, it's really simple. Like I said, S4TS, S, four T's, and an S. Standards, task, tools, time, training, and spot checking. If you will just put those things together, the S4TS, have standards in your agency, identify the tasks that are that are producing the most money and taking care of your customers the best, best. Identify the technology that actually talks to each other and doesn't make their job harder, but make their job easier, right? Make sure that you set aside the time to actually do the key things that you need to do train on those things and then spot check s four t s yes sir if you didn't write it down the first time you said it hopefully you did that time um uh, thank you again for sharing that thank you for joining us and hanging out with us yeah, i've given everybody plenty of time to ask questions if they wanted to i hope they got a chance to his next book will be how to become a scratch golfer in one year this dude is <laughs> i'm actually writing a book i'm not lying i'm writing a book on golfing and my experience with learning to golf and how it correlates with business so Good i'm actually guys. doing that Literally, if you haven't listened to that podcast with Jason Cass, he started a plug for him now, but he started less than a year ago and he's already mm-hmm. what a, a 20 handicap or a 10 handicap. What's your hand? No, right right now I think I'm 15 and I've actually qualified. Yeah, I've actually qualified just to let you know because this Sunday I'm playing in, in uh, San Antonio. I've actually qualified for the U.S. Amateur Tour. Dude, I've been playing for 20 years and I'm like a 35 <laughs> handicapped. You, you're killing me here. Yeah, but I play every day, dude. I play every single day. I live on a golf course. I'm still terrible. But anyhow, uh, that's beside <laughs> the point. The man is uh, talented. He's taught us so much. Uh, again, I appreciate you more than you know, my brother. Thank you. I appreciate you, Heath. Thank you so much. Bye, guys. Good to see everyone. Thanks, Dr. Williams. Playing and looking at a golf course. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for hanging out with me and Billy and the rest of the gang on the show today in Insurance Town. So glad that you were here. Uh, it was so much fun. This episode was recorded and edited and produced by my man Ryan Hayfield over at Ready Set Podcast. Go to www.getreadysetpodcast.com and uh, check it out. Uh, If you have an idea for your own show, look him up on the website or go to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn. You'll find him. He's everywhere. He does a great job. Reach out to him and take care of those needs for you. That is getreadysetpodcast.com. Ready, set, podcast, turning your brilliant idea into a reality. Thanks again, guys. I look forward to hanging out with you again next week.